Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast is made possible thanks to our patrons. They're the ones who keep the episodes available and free for everyone. So please join my thanking and welcoming new patrons, Cheryl Stroud, Casey Phillips, Brits Adits, Dorian Wisniewski, Marissa, Caitlin Adkins, Alamo, 5401Ryan, Dylan Vaughn, Booby Doom, More, Saturnalias, Dakota Parrish, Bennett Forrest, and Robert Maloney. To see how you can support this podcast and get rewards like early commercial-free episodes, weekly bonus episodes, automatic access to over 250 Patreon-exclusive episodes, podcast merch, and more, please check out the reward tiers at patreon.com slash creepypod. And before we get to this week's episode, I just want to make a quick mention about submitting stories to the show. We don't actively accept submissions for our regular Sunday productions. Right now we reserve that for our 31 Days of Horror event in October. Submissions will open sometime in June, so make sure to keep an eye out for the official announcement. I'll get into more detail then, but we are changing our submission standards a little. This year we won't be accepting stories sent in the body of emails or in Word docs. Just links to your story on creepypasta sites like creepypasta.fandom.com, which is the new name for the wikia, or Reddit subs like No Sleep and Our Scary Stories. This will make it much easier for us to read and select stories as it won't fall entirely on me to read everything that gets sent. It also gets a bit easier for me to read if I'm on my phone or on break from my day job. But don't focus too much on that right now. I just want to thank people who send in their stories and let them know that submissions will be open soon. Just make sure you listen to all the requirements for consideration. And again, that post should be coming in the next few weeks. Submissions are only open until we fill all the spots. Until then, now. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy Presents Doppeldater Written by MP Real Invective Travis sucked air through his teeth in a way that was reminiscent of a pained hiss. He stood up and tossed the iPad across his bed as if putting distance between himself and the words would save himself from them. It wouldn't. He'd seen the title, and he tapped on it even though he knew it would do him no good and would only make him feel worse. He paced the floor of his bedroom for a few minutes before he returned to the iPad and picked it up. He read it again, despite the fact he knew what would happen when he did. The Lonely Hearts Ritual 
Have you ever wondered what it would be like to find that perfect someone who compliments you perfectly in every way and meshes so wholly with your personality it's almost as if you were created for each other? Do you know someone who sets your heart aflutter and makes you realize the true breadth of beauty in the world? Well, why not make that person love you? Their heart can be yours. All you need to perform this binding ritual is a photo of theirs and a knife. In any community, in any nation, go to any place of higher education. In the deepest bowels of the basement of that building, you will find a row of holes in the wall. These fist-side holes will be invisible unless you're actually looking for them. Using the knife, give one of your fingers a small cut and apply a single drop of blood to the picture. While anointing the picture, make sure you chant the person's name as you consign the photo to its hole. If you're successful, that person will fall madly in love with you and you'll be happy. Afterwards, you must never return to that place or retrieve their photo. If you do, the photo will be distorted and look like some sort of fugly demon. Travis flipped the lid of the iPad with a flick of his wrist and covered the screen. Hiding the text did nothing to stop its insidious progress in his mind. The seed was planted, and it already started to grow and would soon yield rotted fruit. He would brush it off as some stupid ritual that only a sad, desperate idiot would try. He would tell himself he was happy, even if he wasn't, about how he had friends, even though no one really talked to him at school, and how the right girl would eventually come along and see him for the great guy he was, even though he didn't really like himself. He would ignore his nightly ritual of staring at the Facebook app on his iPad, waiting for a message or notification to invalidate the pervading sense of loneliness which surrounded him. He'd ignore the fact that he more often than not would find himself crying without really knowing why before he drifted off. Travis told himself only a real loser would perform some stupid ritual he found on the internet in an attempt to win someone over. Only a pathetic person would do something so desperate and delusional in an attempt to find companionship. He would carry out the Lonely Hearts ritual by the end of the week. He knew it was ridiculous, but at this point he was desperate enough to try anything. He was tired of being a wallflower, to want to stop feeling so alone. Lisa was the only solution he could see. His mind looped through memories of her in a practice circle. It was like a broken record skipping endlessly. Her smile was gentle and kind. The way she talked to her friends, bubbly and effervescent. She was perfect. If he could convince her to love him... Maybe she could give him something he couldn't show himself. Lisa didn't even notice him. There was nothing malicious in it. She had friends and tried to be friendly with everyone she met. Their class was relatively large and Travis never made any attempt to become her friend. He preferred watching her from a distance, pretending about all the sweet things she would say to him and jokes she'd tell him which would make him laugh. He thought it was better this way. But now the illusion wasn't enough. It was easy enough to sneak the knife into school. Their metal detector hadn't been plugged in for months. The metal detector was more of a false totem of security. The school made a big deal of it when they first unveiled it. They declared themselves a bastion of safety in today's uncertain times. When it broke a month later and the school didn't have funds to repair it, they quietly unplugged it and pretended that it was fine. They went through the motions of having students walk through the metal detector, but it didn't react to anything. 
Travis simply put the pocket knife in his pocket and walked into school. Getting Lisa's photo was the toughest part. Travis couldn't just ask her for a photo. Even if he wasn't severely shy, some part of him knew what he was doing was wrong. He managed to use his cell phone to snap a picture in class while everyone was distracted. He discreetly tucked the phone under his arm and tapped the camera icon. The teacher stopped lecturing and everyone's head turned to the origin of the sound and the sudden flash of light. Travis nervously pretended to look for the source of the sound despite the fact it had clearly come from his desk. He was certain everyone knew that it was him, but he still tried to hide it. He took his phone to the library during their lunch break and connected to the printers using the USB port. He took one last moment to admire the photo before hitting print. It was perfect. Lisa was perfect. Her auburn hair encircled her beautiful face. If her eyes were open, you would have seen her warm hazel eyes. She was sleeping peacefully. He printed the photo and hastily averted his face from the librarian who had been watching him with a quizzical expression. After school, Travis phoned the door to the basement and went inside. His parents wouldn't mind if he returned later than usual. They typically got home from their respective jobs at around five, so that gave him two hours to explore the basement and get home before then. He knew it probably would take a lot of time searching for the spot the ritual talked about, if it even existed. He used his phone's flashlight feature to light the way. He clutched Lisa's photo and the pocket knife in his other hand. A small part of him was secretly happy when he didn't find any holes in the wall. Deep down, he knew how stupid all of this was. Performing a magical ritual which couldn't possibly be real in order to win the heart of a girl who didn't even know he existed. The basement was mainly used to store cleaning supplies, holiday decorations, and broken items the school no longer needed like old projectors, sports equipment, and a rusted push mower that looked like it was 15 years old, slightly older than him. Travis was about to accept defeat when he saw the lockers. They were tucked away in a far corner down a small hallway. He could see why they were down here. They had mold growing along the bottom and the paint was sloughing off in patches revealing rusty patches underneath like a neglected mangy dog. The bank of lockers had two rows of twelve alcoves and were just large enough for your book bag or a photo. Travis said to himself, might as well try. He meant it to sound nonchalant, but there was something beneath his voice that unsettled him. A desperate urgency he wanted to pretend didn't exist. He opened the first locker and was greeted with the built-up smell of must and rust. He performed the ritual as quickly as he could, as if he were compelled. He jabbed the tip of his index finger with the pocket knife. He didn't wince. He squeezed his finger and watched as a fat drop of blood stained the immaculate gloss of the photo he'd taken. He chanted, Lisa Danielle, a half a dozen times before the name lost its meaning and sounded awkward on his lips. He whispered it a few more times just to be safe before he slipped the stained photo inside the locker and shut the door. Travis returned home with his face flushed. Shame and self-loathing swelling up inside of him, and his heart hammering in his chest. He made sure to wash his hands thoroughly and disinfect the cut. He slapped a band-aid over his finger, 
When his parents returned home and noticed the cut, he explained it in the usual manner. He'd sliced open a finger while cutting an apple for an after-school snack. He spent the rest of the weekend beating himself up for doing something so superstitious and stupid. He knew how ridiculous it was, performing a stupid internet ritual in an attempt to get a girl to notice him. More than that, it was pathetic. He said he was too embarrassed to talk to her, but the real answer was buried deep inside him. He was worried about losing or alienating the last thing he had. He told himself there was nothing sexual about it, and for once, he was being honest with himself. None of this was motivated by lust. The thought hadn't even crossed his mind until this point. He just wanted her to look into his eyes and say those three simple words to him. Are you okay? He wasn't. He was far from it. Every day he had to give himself a reason to keep going. Had he talked to a professional, their diagnosis would have likely been clinical depression. He didn't seek help. Instead, he would say something that he liked about himself or the world around him as a reason to keep going. Sometimes it would be a sense of humor. He'd spend the rest of the week convincing himself how terrible his jokes really were. Other times it'd be his friends who loved him would be sad if you were no longer there. Then he'd notice how distant they really were. He never really talked to them outside of class, and every interaction felt like a courtesy. Each reiteration, he lost another reason to live. Travis saw Lisa as his last chance, his opportunity for happiness. He repeatedly told himself she was the only good thing left in his life after the bad chemicals in his brain convinced him that it was true. Instead of talking to someone or getting help, he placed all his expectations and hope on the shoulders of this girl he barely knew. He reasoned that if she could be convinced to care about him, maybe there was something worth saving. He wished she would notice him. On Monday... His wish came true. Lisa was waiting for Travis outside their school with a warm hug. It was so sudden and unexpected that it knocked the air right out of his lungs. She asked how his weekend was and he fumbled for something interesting to say. She laughed at his attempts to say something witty and hung on his every word. Travis couldn't believe it. He never thought the ritual would work. He figured this would be another brick in the road that inevitably led towards the end. It was too good to be true. It really was. Hello, Bill Band here from the All 80s Movies Podcast to tell you about Factor Meals. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. 
Head to Factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off. That's code 80smovies50 at Factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get your 50% off today. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. During class, he excitedly searched for the ritual. He didn't know how it worked and he hoped the comments might explain what was happening. The comments were about as helpful as you'd think. Of the ten comments that there were, eight were, instructions unclear, dick stuck in, blank, posts. And the other two were lengthy criticisms of the author's use of the word fugly and the logistical inaccuracies about how a ritual couldn't be performed anywhere the performer wanted. No one had performed this ritual. Or if they had, no one was talking. Travis lied and told himself it really didn't matter. She was his friend, and he was happy. Maybe most didn't attempt the ritual, which was why no one was writing about it in the comments. Or maybe there was something inherently mystical about those particular lockers. He tried to convince himself that it didn't matter. It had worked, and there was nothing to be concerned about. He should be happy with her. Lisa was not who he thought she was. It was small things at first. At lunch, she prompted him with numerous questions about every little thing he did. She wanted to know how he was feeling. He was fine. What he was eating. A peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a banana. How it tasted. Probably very similar to the exact same sandwich she had. She laughed at him, pointing out that they were eating the same thing, and he realized she hadn't touched her food. Every question was focused entirely on him. Every time he tried to ask her about herself, she deflected the question and redirected it back towards him. He tried to quiet that voice and said which told him something was not right here. Travis told himself maybe he never really knew her. Maybe this was the type of person she actually was. Maybe with all the stolen glances and eavesdrop conversations, he hadn't actually seen her. Hadn't heard her. He was right. He didn't actually know her. He built up this perfect person in his mind that didn't actually exist. She was an ersatz entity manufactured as an emotional crutch. It would take a week of class with her to realize his worst fears. Lisa wasn't just interested in him. She was obsessed. Her sapphire blue eyes were always on him. Sometimes he'd turn around in class and see her staring at him, oblivious to everything else around her. His name was always on her lips. Every now and then he would hear her whisper it under her breath. Sometimes he'd wake in the middle of the night feeling like he was being watched. He could almost imagine her eyes tracing over him in the darkness of the night from some perch that overlooked his room. 
He imagined her eyes burning into him. Her blue eyes. It clicked in Travis's mind. And his world crumbled. She wasn't human. Not anymore. The ritual had worked. It had called something from some unknown place that had replaced Lisa. It completely subsumed her and swallowed up everything she was. The sweet Lisa whose smile used to light up his world. Whose words used to lift his sullen mood. Travis didn't know what she wanted. But he knew he had to fix it. Luckily, he still had his pocket knife. It didn't take a lot of convincing to lure Lisa into the basement after school. He wanted to talk to her about something. She was so focused on his words that she never noticed his sweating, fidgeting, and nervous jitters. The basement was far enough from prying eyes and remote enough where he could confront her without worrying about intervention until he took care of what he needed to do. She was noticeably nervous about being in the basement. She kept glancing around and refused to get any closer to the bank of lockers. He blew out the breath that had been rattling around in his lungs since luring her down here as he fanned the blade out of his pocket knife. He had to know, one way or the other. He asked, You're not Lisa. Your eyes are different. The real Lisa wouldn't act this way. She wouldn't talk to me like this. She probably wouldn't talk to me. What did the ritual do? What did you do? Answer me! After those words were spoken, something changed in his friend. It was like a hairline crack forming along a fish tank. Lisa asked, What ritual? I came because you called out to me. I was in the dark. I was lost and alone. We couldn't leave this place. It was an endlessly shuffling labyrinth. I heard you calling out. I smelled you, coppery and sweet. You may have not used my name, but you still cried out to me. You were so far away, but I sensed your need. Your desperation. I tracked your scent. I followed the song of your pleading. You rescued me from that horrible place. I saw your offering. Saw who you wanted me to be. I want to be that for you. A wave of panic washed over Travis. He had hoped against hope that she would call him crazy. Tell him that he was psychotic. Run away from him. He wanted to believe he was wrong, that Lisa was fine. However, he was right. Lisa wasn't fine. His hand gripped tightly around the knife. He growled in an attempt to steal himself for what he was about to do. What are you? The words came out more as a whimper than a threatening sound. He tried to hold the knife steady, but he couldn't stop his hands from shaking. He held back the tears, but he knew they were coming. Lisa stepped forward as he shrank back. She smiled warmly, but her eyes were empty. She said, I'm your friend. She stepped towards Travis, but he didn't move. 
She cooed. I want to be here for you. Her arms wrapped around him. The knife fell out of his limp grip and clattered against the grimy tile. She held him in her arms and pressed herself against him. She felt his heart beating in his chest like a bird trapped in a cage. She whispered, You're going to be okay. Now one moment of intimacy and human contact was enough to break the floodgates. Lisa felt hot in his arms. It was as if he was cradling the sun. If he had looked at its face that very moment, he would have seen it deforming and distorting like melting plastic. It tried to recall the photo, remember the face. Its bright blue eyes darkened and turned hazel. It would be the person he wanted. It needed him. Travis wept. All the guilt, sadness, and self-loathing bubbled over and spilled out of him. The thing that was not Lisa held him, hungrily drinking in his sorrow. Weeks passed, and life regained some sense of normalcy. Travis would swaddle himself in Lisa's adoration, and he would turn a blind eye to all the warning signs. He ignored how animals would avoid her like the plague. He'd pretend not to notice how her joints sometimes popped softly as she moved, as if she were luxating and sliding back into place, or how her skin rippled and warped when she lost focus or let her guard down. It was a small sacrifice. Sometimes when they were talking on the phone late at night, she would tell him she was the only one who truly understood him. She told him she was the only one who could make him happy. He knew he wasn't happy, but he kept telling himself the lie. Maybe one day he would be. Maybe one day he'd have friends who understood him. Maybe one day. If they had been talking in person, Travis would have noticed the knife-sliced smile that cracked across her face as she told him all this. Months passed, and all that horror... Revulsion and fear baited, tucked itself away in the back of Travis's mind. For what felt like the first time in his life, he was excited. He couldn't wait to come into class on Monday and see all of his new friends. He reflexively clenched and unclenched his fist and felt dozens of tiny painful stings bleeding out from under the small band-aids that were wrapped around his fingers. His family was so much nicer now. He didn't even need to use the lockers. He knew how to call them. They were waiting for him as soon as he got home from school. They told him that they cared about him now. That they were there for him regardless of the person he was. They loved him even though he was who he was. It had worked again. He couldn't wait to see the other kids in his class. For the first time in his entire life, Travis actually felt like he truly belonged. Travis never checked the lockers. He knew what he would find in them if he did, and that thought horrified him. He couldn't face the brutality and inhumanity that he knew he would find contained in those tiny lockers. Instead, he buried the revulsion deep down and enveloped himself in the lie that everyone cared about him now, 
and it was enough. He belonged in this place. He was at home amongst those monsters. He was happy. Everyone around him loved him. Still, he didn't love himself. Some parents noticed a change in their children. They told themselves that children are always struggling to find their identity. Some seemingly change overnight. Some acted completely different from how they once were. It was a part of growing up. They told themselves that this was a phase and they would grow out of it. Parents whose suspicions failed to abate simply disappeared. No trace was left of them. There was no resistance to the invasion. Travis was blissfully unaware of all this as the doppelgangers continued to feed off of his depression in an attempt to perpetuate their food source until he was nothing but an empty husk. They glutted themselves on his misery. They fed for years until there was nothing left. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Item number SCP-5186. SCP-7160. SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. <laughs> Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. <laughs> the only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing. Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.